is? It's weed. Yo, 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 pot smoking mom's podcast is where it's at, baby, baby. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yo, you're right where you're supposed to be. Welcome, welcome. I'm Sunny D, along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hello, hello. I don't have a rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was dying to do that. I know. You should have seen her trying to record that right before this. Yeah. Special, <laughs> special, just for you guys. Uh, hey, if you like our show, which I hope you do since you're listening to it, please rate, review, subscribe, share the show, and be friends with us on all our social medias. Potsmokingmoms.com is the website. Uh, everything is there, even our Patreon, which you should definitely jump on uh, because it's fun and there's lots of... I don't know, secret stuff that we do on there that we don't publish on all of our platforms. Secret stuff. Secret stuff. <laughs> Come see our secret stuff. Uh, be a pa- patron. Um, what, do you, what are we smoking on today? I'm going to relight this J that we were just smoking during our live before we started recording. Sweet. So what is the J again? Do you remember? The J. So we got this from, if you look at our friends, she's Emily... Oh, no, she's, well, that's her name, but her screen name is Cudbud420. We got uh, VS Cones Blueberry Diesel Sativa. And we're using these little clicks social smoking device right. to so, pass it. You know, since the COVIDs, uh, we can't really be sharing blunts and whatnots anymore. So socialsmoking.com has made these little... Um, these little joint and blunt glass, like glass holders. holders. They look regal as fuck. And you can, it has a little magnetic tip and you just click it and, uh, and it has pass a detachable it tip. You, you put it at the end of one glass tip and it has a magnet on one end to attach to another glass tip that you can remove. And everybody has their own little glass tip yeah. to attach. Pretty fucking cool. Social smoking.com. So we're hitting that joint. We are, uh, oh, what's, we, well, yeah, this is the last show of the season. Season finale. I know. Season finale. How are your feelings about season finale? I'm ready for a break. I'm going to be stressed out. <laughs> School's about to start and we're going to be doing a virtual, so. Well, that's good. I feel like right now things are, I think it's kind of crazy because right now the cases are higher than they were before and everybody's like, yep. We're open, ready for business. Let's get it going, people. Let's go back to school. Let's go back to work. He'll go back to school um, once he's vaccinated. And that's going to be for a little while. So, Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's nuts out there, everybody. Take care of yourselves. That's all. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back in October. Well, it doesn't mean that we're not going to be doing things in the downtime. Uh, so stay tuned for a couple things. Giveaways. Games, uh, we would like to have another game show. Yeah, let us know if we should do a game show. Do you guys want us to do another game show? Yeah. If you do, let us know. Passing. Hit it. us up in the comments of this episode's post. Yeah, let us know. 
We also got a really fun interview uh, today. We have Jenny Joslin from Hire Her Story, uh, which is really cool. If you've heard of Drunk History, it's kind of-ish along the same lines. Um, it's women's history, uh, and it's stoned women telling the stories. Yep. So it's it's really nice. It's fun. I it's started. Fun. Wa- we started watching short a couple consumable of them. episodes. Yeah, and very interesting, interesting women that they tell story of their stories about. Very interesting, and they do pick really, really cool historical figures uh, to talk about. Obscure ones that you don't yeah. hear of, right? And you know what's really cool too is I actually checked out the um, the app that they're on. Yeah, because it has other shows, and they have a lot of like. Like that's where your show can be, dude. I'm telling you, be on this network. This network has so I saw some guy has a dabbing show where he dabs, and he was dabbing with Peter Dante, the guy from old school. What the guy from Grandma's Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was another one where they have all kinds of really interesting shows. I mean, honestly, high her story is probably. Hi, her story. It's probably kind of like the best production value, I would say, on that. Yeah, on, uh, on, the cha- on that app. I mean, they really have. Oh, yeah, that's really right. Nice. It's not just a website. It's like an app. It's an app, yeah. yeah. That you can put club. on your smart TV, like small, social club TV, right? Social club TV. Social club TV, I believe it is. It's pretty cool. How interesting. And we're smoking out of a device. It's called social, social smoker. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Look at us. We're still social. Look at us. We're matching. (laughs) So also on the downtime, um, I'm really, really motivated to start writing the web series that I keep talking about because I think I know I I, uh, there's so many stories uh, that we need to tell. And I feel like a lot of you just based on our conversations with a lot of you, a lot of your perspectives, which we appreciate. And yes, I think it's a lot of stories that we need to, we need to tell. So I will be working on a, um, on a script and keep you guys posted on that. Should be really fun and really nerve wracking. I'm very nervous now trying to think, you know, like I, I am the kind of person who I'm like, well, let me, what's, I mean, who's written your movies, the movies you you guys have done. So I've not, I haven't written them. I have like, you know, uh, set up ideas and we kind of gone back and forth and stuff. So we have someone who's written our stuff, but I really want to do this. Yeah. Like I really want to jump in and do this. Do it. It just feels like there. it's a lot just because it's like, I'm not used to all the, 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 like all the terms for everything even it's just kind of just like the tech, the technical, the technical terms. correct way to write a script. Right. That in itself is very precise and you got to yeah. learn that too. Right. Like the format and how it's done and I know and I kind of don't even want to think about all that. I kind of want to get something going that way I, I think can you tweak just it. just I think you shouldn't worry about all that like the format and everything. Just write the story and then worry about all that formatting shit later. Yeah. Just write the story, I feel write like the that's, ideas down. Yeah. And I've been working on, I have written a bunch of stuff down here and there. Every time I get an idea or I start harping on it in my brain, I'll put it down. And then we have, and then uh, we have a new, well, I'm going to start a new podcast called One Podcast Fits All. Um, hopefully two on the downtime that we're. It's a good thing. It's like 
eight weeks. I know. I think we, we chose like eight weeks. We're, we're coming s- back mid-October. Yeah, we can still have a little time to get settled into. We should come back with our whole studio and shit, to be honest. We should. That'd be really That's a lot of stuff you want to do on our desk. Yeah, I know. I, know. I could do the studio stuff, setting it up. Yeah, I know. You have, you have uh, to start a script and a new podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> With what time? And I'm not putting... While parenting two children. Yeah, while parenting... Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm not putting the big one in VPK anymore because it's like, I'm just going to hold on to her for as long as I can. <laughs> but I'm starting to teach... I'm starting to do little activities with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just give her the basics to have something to start kindergarten with. Yeah. So. But anyways, if you are listening to us on Wednesday, then we go live later on tonight at 9. Join us. Or right now at 9, depending on when you're listening <laughs> to this. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday nights. Catch us live on Instagram. Um. Yeah, well, and we'll probably be going live on Wednesday nights from now on for, you know. Even during our break. Even during our break. We oh, might we- miss one here or there. Knowing oh, I know. Yeah. Sometimes life happens. <laughs> um, we have a friend, one of our longest friends, coming into town on Saturday. Yay. Hot Smoky Mom friend, Lauren yes, Patron. Lauren is coming to visit. We're very excited. We are very excited. So Beach day. Mom. Mom beach day. Beach day. Get ready to see pictures of us having a blast. Because <laughs> we rarely have blasts anymore. If we remember to take pictures. I know. I know. We're very terrible at that. I am too. I wish I could pay someone to follow us around with a camera <laughs> or something. Eventually, one day, that'll happen. I Sometimes I see people out there and I'm like, oh my God. Like I should just ask my, my, my mom or my aunt to be there because they literally take pictures of everything. <laughs> I know some people like that too. Like they're scrapbookers. They're they're like crazy scrapbookers, and they just cannot stop taking pictures everywhere we go. But it's good to have those people around. It's great because I'm very bad. But I also can't. I don't know how people do the thing where they're like always so intimate, showing like always documenting their life like that too. Like that's I I don't know. I can never do that. I just never think to pick up the phone too much and take a picture. Yeah. Anyways. Think about this for a minute. Weed news. <laughs> news nugs coming to you. Uh, these states could have marijuana and psychedelics legalization on the ballot in 2022. Marijuana reform. See, they still call it marijuana and everything. Reform has advanced in numerous state legislatures in the first half of 2021 with lawmakers enacting four new legalizations so far this year. Now activists in roughly a dozen states are moving to put cannabis legalization proposals directly before the voters in 2022. Across the country, advocates are in the early stages of drafting proposals, collecting signatures, and engaging in public outreach to build support for medical and recreational cannabis legalization measures that they hope to see voted on next year. In at least, in at least one state, activists are working to qualify a measure to legalize psychedelic mushrooms for next November's ballot. And in others, lawmakers may take it upon themselves to put cannabis referendums up for the general election without the need for the citizen petitions. Oh, 
That's nice. Here's a breakdown of where cannabis legalization and other drug drug policy reforms could be decided by voters in 2022, as well as a look at a handful of local efforts to enact marijuana policy changes via municipal ballot initiatives this year. Arkansas. Arkansas activists are collecting signatures to place adult use marijuana legalization on the state's 2022 ballot. The group Arkansas True Grass is proposing a system of regulated sales for adults 21 and older, allowing them to purchase up to four ounces of cannabis and grow up to 12 plants plants for personal use. Nice. There will be no limit on possession if it's out of the public's view. Oh, oh, <laughs> True Grass. <laughs> And a separate group of activists attempted to place marijuana legalization initiatives on the 2020 ballot, but both campaigns were derailed by the coronavirus pandemic and failed to collect enough signatures by the deadline. Like what happened here? Uh, California. So California psychedelics activists recently filed a petition for the 2022 ballot to make the state the first in the nation to legalize psilocybin mushrooms. Am I saying that right? Yeah. For any use. I always think that's... <laughs> no, that's that's something to yay for sure. The measure titled the California Psilocybin Initiative would legalize the personal, medical, therapeutic, religious, spiritual, and dietary use of psilocybin, psilocybin mushrooms. I can't say it many times, apparently, for adults 21 and older. Further, the initiative would allow for the cultivation, retail, retail sale, social sharing, and on-site consumption of the psychedelic. Decriminalized California attempted to get a similar measure on the of the November 2020 ballot, but they faced signature gathering complications due to Corona. As <laughs> you and that horn, dude. Yes, California. Let's see if they get it. That's exciting. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Idaho. 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 Advocates in Idaho are working to advance separate measures to legalize possession of recreational marijuana and to create a system of legal medical cannabis sales. State officials recently cleared activists to begin collecting signatures for a revised initiative to legalize possession of marijuana that they hope to place before voters on the 2022 ballot. The legalization initiative would be fairly limited in scope compared to those that have passed in other states. It would make it so possession of up to three ounces of marijuana would be lawful on private property for adults 21 and older. Home cultivation would be prohibited, no. however. Turn out of here. That goes on for way too long. <laughs> uh, I will note that. This is however. What is that? <laughs> however what? That, that that was written wrong then. I, I don't know. There would be no legal and licensed system of cannabis retailers. Wait, what? Hold on. Let me read that. It says home cultivation prohibited. However, there would be no legal and licensed system of cannabis retailers. The idea is for consumers to be able to buy cannabis in neighboring states that have legal retail operations and then bring the products back to Idaho to be consumed privately at home. Oh, so Idaho is just like, okay, it's legal, but we're not going to let you sell it here. Like that's you could, so you could dumb. bring it into the state. It's legal. That's so dumb. That's really that dumb. Is so Idaho. Idaho. Don't you want to make your own money? Yo, Idaho. What's going on? So let's. This is still Idaho. Meanwhile, a separate campaign to legalize medical cannabis in the state is also underway, with advocates actively collecting signatures to qualify that measure for next year's ballot. 
Under the proposal, qualifying patients would be able to purchase and possess up to four ounces of marijuana. Those with a hardship designation could also cultivate up to six plants. The initiative lists 12 conditions that would make a patient eligible for medical cannabis, but it also extends to any terminal disease or severe chronic illness. The state health department would be able to add additional conditions as it sees fit. A 2020 effort to medical cannabis uh, was also thwarted by the coronavirus. Man, Idaho. I mean, Idaho. I mean, I'm glad you're like making some moves, making some strides. But, uh, but that's a weird. You may want to revise all that. <laughs> you're missing out on some money. They're going to do medical there, but not retail. Retail would have to be out of state. That's weird. That is weird because what the fuck is the point? And you're going to miss out on a lot. Anyways, they probably don't want to have to get into the hassle of like putting in place a whole program. But if they're going to do medical, they're going to have to anyway. Yeah, they're going to. Exactly. I don't know. Maryland, you're up next. (laughs) Maryland's House Speaker recently pledged that lawmakers will pass legislation to put the question of marijuana legalization before voters as a referendum on the 2022 ballot. She's informed the cannabis working group to assess the best way to structure the reform. The House will pass legislation early next year to put this question before the voters, but we need to start looking at changes needed to state law now. Speaker Adrian Jones said in a press release, legalization legislation, say that five times real fast. (laughs) I can't. I'm glad you have to say it. (laughs) Did begin to move through the legislature this season, this session, but no (laughs) votes were ultimately held. The Senate Finance Committee held a hearing in March on a legalization bill sponsored by top lawmakers, including the body's president, majority leader, and key committee chairs. That followed a House Judiciary Committee hearing on a separate cannabis proposal in February. Lawmakers had worked to reconcile the differences between the House and Senate proposal in hopes of getting something to the desk of Governor of, is it Governor? Yeah, Governor Larry Larry Hogan. Hogan, who has not endorsed legalization but has signaled he may be opening to consider the considering idea. the idea. He's like, maybe. Well, there's like peer pressure. There's maybe. many efforts in your state <laughs> for it to happen. So, <laughs> next up, Mississippi. No initiatives have been filed for the 2022 ballot so far, but ah. advocates say it's possible a camp- campaign could launch if the legislature fails to enact medical cannabis like legalization during a special session this year, or ends up passing a bill that has less robust patient protections than they want. A medical marijuana measure was overwhelmingly approved by voters during the 2020 election, but the Supreme Court shot it down following a legal challenge to the entire ballot system. Stripping the people away for what they voted for. Yeah, man. The so people want it. Up. Missouri. A group of Missouri marijuana activists recently. Huh? A number of separate initiatives. I don't know what the hell happened here. <laughs> we're, well, sometimes we're reading these news stories. We find typos in the when while we're reporting the stories. <laughs> Whatever, it's life. It happens. A group of Missouri marijuana activists. I don't know what that even is. Number of separate initiatives. They they recently added a number of separate initiatives to put marijuana reform on the state's 2022 ballots. Just move. A move that comes as other <laughs> advocacy groups are preparing separate efforts to collect signatures for cannabis ballot petitions of their own. Meanwhile, still other activists are focusing on getting the legislature to pass a resolution to the place of question to place the question of legalization before voters next year. 
One group, Fair Access Missouri, is exploring multiple citizen initiatives with the hopes of getting at least one on the ballot next year. Several propo- proposals they've filled would create a system of legalized... They filed. Ma- they filed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My, my, my tongue and my lips it's are going okay. nuts. It's okay. I mess up all the time. Uh, several proposals they filed, w- filed would create a system, I almost did it again, of legalized cannabis sales for adults 21 and older, while other would simply, um, another would simply amend the state's existing medical marijuana program. I can't. The purpose of the measures is to permit the safe and legal use of cannabis by adults over the age of 21 and to responsibly regulate the cultivation, processing, manufacturing, and distribution of cannabis, the text states. The people of Missouri have a right to enjoy the benefits of their free, their labor free from, from unreasonable light regulation. Okay. I didn't get that. <laughs> I know this one's there's all kinds of <laughs> this group isn't alone in working to put legalization on the 2022 ballot new approach of Missouri, which successfully got a medical cannabis initiative passed by voters in 2018 is also planning to file a form initiative. What'd you do to me? I'm sorry. I accidentally lowered your voice. damn bitch. You just could tell me to be quiet. Sorry. <laughs> Am I being too loud oh for my you? God. New approach, Missouri. <laughs> which successfully got a medical cannabis initiative passed by voters in 2018 is also planning to file a broader reform initiative soon through its campaign committee, legal Missouri, 2022 details of the proposal have yet to be released. However, Oh my God, how many more states do we have? <laughs> Everybody's like, let's get weed. Everybody's and like, yeah, weed and shrooms. I know, weed and shrooms but they should, have, I feel like shrooms. everybody should get together and just decide on something general. I don't know. There's is too it, many different well, states with too I, many different people. There's no way that's going to happen. Right. Everybody wants to just do their own thing. Yeah, like Nebraska. Right. Like Nebraska, right? Yeah, Nebraska next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to get into it. Right hey, now. If we mention your state, hit us up in the comments of this episode. Yeah, let us know <laughs> what up. Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska <laughs> marijuana activists are gearing up for a mass scale campaign to put medical cannabis legalization on the state's 2022 ballot <laughs> after the legislature failed to pass a bill to enact a reform this session. I'm just going to read Whoa. the rest of this like Whoa. a like a movie trailer. Right. And since the state Supreme Court invalidated a measure that qualified for the 2020 ballot based on a statutory challenge. Voters can expect to see two complementary initiatives that are currently being vetted by lawyers to ensure that opponents can leverage the legal system to to block the the policy policy change again. (laughs) (laughs) To avoid a single subject challenge, the plan is to put separate statutory initiatives before voters that would direct the legislature to pass a bill establishing legal protections for patients and doctors around cannabis and also to require lawmakers to pass legislation allowing private companies to produce and sell medical marijuana products. But why? Why do they want to do two? What's the purpose of that strategy? I don't understand. I don't know. Instead of focusing on one. Well, Senators Anna Wishart <laughs> and Adam Moorfeld have been involved in the medical cannabis campaign, and the pair announced in December that they would also work to put the question of legalizing marijuana for adult use before voters in 2022, though it's not clear if they still intend to pursue the broader reform. Nebraska's attorney general argued in an opinion in 2019 
that efforts to legalize medical marijuana in the state would be preempted by federal law and would be therefore unconstitutional. (laughs) Oh my goodness, North Dakota. After a House passed bill to legalize marijuana in North Dakota was rejected by the Senate in March, some senators hatched a plan to advance the issue by referring it to voters on the 2022 ballot. While their resolution advanced through a key committee, the full the full Senate blocked it. However, activists with the group North Dakota Cannabis Caucus are collecting signatures to qualify a constitutional amendment to legalize cannabis for the 2022 ballot. See, some of them, see, they're calling it cannabis here. They were saying marijuana before. Well, they mix it. Yeah, they were saying marijuana and cannabis. I guess they're just trying to not say marijuana too much. I don't know. Anyway, a separate uh, legalized North Dakota is also planning to push for a legalization ballot measure through details. Though details of the initiative are yet to be seen, legalized North Dakota plays a legalization measure on the 2018 ballot that was defeated by voters. They tried to qualify another initiative last year, but signature complications due to Rona. Ohio. Ohio marijuana activists recently unveiled a new plan to legalize cannabis in the state via the ballot as lawmakers pursue separate reform legislation. Voters rejected a 2015 legalization initiatives and advocates suspended a a campaign to place another measure on the 2022 ballot. Due to Rona. Due to Rona. But more recently, the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. Oh, I like the name of this coalition. Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. We need to say it very loud so everybody could hear it. Because honestly, I feel like you're not weighing out how much alcohol they're, you know, you're not putting limits on how much alcohol people uh, consume. Yeah, I don't think so. They do have like limits in some counties or cities on like times that you could purchase it yeah but or days so ctrmla launched a new effort to implore legislators to enact a policy change the proposed law that ctrmla is pushing would legalize possession up to two and a half ounces of cannabis for adults 21 and older and they could also have up to 15 grams of marijuana concentrates individuals could grow up to six plants for personal use with a maximum of 12 per household that's not bad. That's yeah. great. That's pretty good. It's a lot. Oklahoma. My goodness. Oklahoma. Oklahoma advocates are pushing two separate initiatives to legalize marijuana for adult use and overhaul the state's existing medical cannabis program. While the goal is to place both measures on the 2022 ballot, the proponents say that the intent is to have them work in parallel, complementing and even overlapping with each other. The medical marijuana initiative would create a new state agency to regulate all types of legal cannabis, including hemp and high THC marijuana, and would establish funding for programs, including research, environmental uh, remediation and mental health services. The adult use proposal, meanwhile, would allow any adult 21 and older to purchase marijuana products from existing dispensaries individuals could also grow up to 12 cannabis plants at home and keep or give away the marijuana it produces this is amazing i know (laughs) oklahoma activists have previously attempted to qualify legalization measure for the 2020 ballot they filed a petition to the legalized cannabis for adult use in december 2019 but the signature gathering blah 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 rona again you know rona really (laughs) cock block weed but 
we still like I got like, four states after Rona anyway. And I feel like actually the weed sector opened up a whole lot of jobs for people during Rona. Yep. South Dakota. Another one. Activists recently filed four separate legalization measurements measures <laughs> with the State Legislative Research Council. The first step toward putting the issue before voters next year. If the state Supreme Court holds a lower court ruling that overturned the legal cannabis measure that voters approved last November. Four initiatives share some basic provisions, but they each take a unique approach to the policy change. There's also a fifth measure that the group is backing, which would eliminate a single subject rule for the ballot process, a policy that led a state led to a state judge deeming a 2020 recreational measure unconstitutional. Hmm. They've been doing that in a lot of different states. So Wyoming, geez, it really is like, is it the whole state? Like everybody's? I think it's every, everybody who's every doing state something. has doing something. Yeah. Activists are seeking to put separate measures to legalize medical cannabis and decriminalize adult use marijuana before voters next year. And the Secretary of State's office recently approved the latest version of their proposed ballot language, freeing up advocates to gather a requisite 100 signatures per initiative in order to proceed to the next step. Only 100? Yeah, we can get a hundred. <laughs> we can get a hundred right now. We can get a hundred right now in one hour. Give us one hour. I get a hundred signatures. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. We need a whole a whopping hundred <laughs> signatures. Okay. The Libertarian Party and the state uh Re- representative Marshall Burt partnered with advocates to unveil the initial drafts of the proposals in June. The campaign, which is also being supported by Wyoming Normal came after state lawmakers advanced but failed to pass to pass a bill to legalize marijuana this session. The final text of the medical cannabis proposal states that patients could purchase and possess up to four ounces of flour and 20 grams of medical derived medical marijuana derived products in a 30 day period. People with any or more than a dozen qualifying conditions, including cancer, glaucoma, HIV, multiple sclerosis, sclerosis, Parkinson's, I'm the worst at pronouncing stuff, Uh, Parkinson's, disease, uh, dementia, would also be able to cultivate up to eight mature plants for personal use. Meanwhile, activists separate, separate decriminalization measures would impose small fines on people possessing up to four ounces of marijuana without the threat of jail time. A first and second offense would be considered a misdemeanor punishable by a $50 fine, while third and any subsequent subsequent offense would be penalized by a $75 fine. Cultivating marijuana would be a punishable by a maximum of $200 fine. A bill to legalize and regulate cannabis for adult use in Wyoming advanced out of a House committee in March, but it did not move further in the legislature by the end of the session. You know, I feel like that's still too much punishment around the plant. They should just, there should be nothing. Just, if they're caught with it, that's it. Don't do this. You're supposed <laughs> to have that much. Why are you finding people still? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's better, I mean, uh, yeah, everybody has its own thing yeah what is this <laughs> it's a lot no i went past the rest of that part okay are we gonna start here this is saying? just recent news stuff little bits little bits <laughs> little little bits 
of recent news nugs. As opposed recent to states big news bits. Nuggets, as, as as opposed to initiatives and efforts for ballot oh, and right. reform. This is like current events of states. Okay. All right. So <laughs> trying to decipher what what's on our menu here of stories. So Maryland, Democratic guru, whatever, to be gubernatorial, gubernatorial to be governor, right? Ashwani. <laughs> Candidate Ashwani Jane. Jane? Yeah. Added a plank on legalizing marijuana and expunging records to his platform. So he's he's about that. All now. right, Ashwani. The California Supreme Court ruled that it is still a crime to possess marijuana in prisons. I can't believe they even ruled I, on I that. Can't, like, I can't believe who they brought that before the Supreme Court. That. Like, I think I thought that would be kind of. I a, thought anything assumed. was contraband. Is even like cigarettes yeah. like contraband? What? Like, I'm confused about that yeah. headline there. So, Nebraska activists say they will file revised ballot language for proposed medical cannabis initiatives within the next ten days. Okay. Ohio regulators issued a mandatory recall of medical cannabis edibles produced by Benel Leaves Limited. After receiving a report of mold, oh! Separately, the Medical Marijuana Advisory Committee held its last meeting before the body sunsets. I don't know why that <laughs> ended that way. Body. Before the body sunsets. What does that mean? That sounds like a new weekend song. <laughs> before the body sunsets. In Maine, a federal judge struck down residency requirements for medical cannabis business businesses. So Ooh. you don't have to be a resident to get your medical cannabis card there. I guess. In Alabama, uh, their Medical Cannabis Commission held its first meeting and elected a chair. Congratulations, Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Illinois, regulators are being accused of making errors in their marijuana licensing lottery process. Illinois, get it together. (laughs) Massachusetts regulators. Oh, wait, you just read that. No? No. Oh, I just read regulators. It's another place that just held their meetings. Massachusetts. Regulators held a meeting to act on marijuana business issues. Okay. <laughs> That's such a broad nugget. Uh-huh. This that is was... from the Marijuana Moment newsletter. It's so Jeez. funny. Okay, so the fate of Virginia legal marijuana sales could be decided by who wins the, the uh, state's upcoming gubernatorial gov- governories and legislative elections. Oklahoma regulators sent a reminder about the need for medical cannabis businesses to open an ownership attestation by August 30th. (laughs) They also said, remember to wipe your ass after pooping. This is a good one right here. An Alaska policy allowing marijuana edibles to be twice as potent as before (laughs) takes effect on September 1st. All right, Alaska. Yeah, bro, let's do it. You guys are definitely going to get some higher dose edibles. Congratulations. Give me a higher (laughs) dose edible world. (laughs) This next segment is... This one's sad. This is a fucked up story, but it has to be told because it's pretty crazy. I go first. <laughs> I didn't know. Jeez, gonna... I know. We were debating whether to tell the story or not because it's so it's sad. sad. But it's something that happens. So I think it's definitely. So Jay and was it like, here it happens Florida. often and we should talk about it. A Florida mom says newborn died after officers ignored her during jail delivery. A Florida woman is demanding justice after her newborn baby died shortly after the infant was delivered in a jail cell. Erica Thompson was arrested on Monday, August 9th on felony violation of probation and failure to appear on a traffic charge. 
She was six months pregnant when she was placed in the uh, Alachua County Jail. Thompson told CBS4 that she told an attending nurse at the time she was having contractions. And this is what she said. She said, I'm steady like I'm, I'm going to have my baby. I'm screaming. I'm going to have my baby. Please let me, please get me out of here. I feel like I'm going to have my baby, Thompson said. When I said that, I felt like all bets were off. Everybody needs to be coming in here trying to check on me and see what's going on. I've had kids before, so I know exactly how it feels. I'm about to have my baby. I'm not just talking. Wow. She told the news outlet she gave birth to a girl in her jail cell alone last Monday. She said a nurse cut and clamped her umbilical cord, and she was then transported to a local hospital. There at the hospital, Thompson said doctors provided no aid to the premature newborn. They didn't even put her in an incubator, she contended. They just put her in a crib. So they wrapped her up, and they told me she's too small. We don't think we can save her. We're not going to be able to do anything. Thompson said... It was hours later that her daughter died. I basically held my baby all night, she tearfully asserted, until she died, until she turned blue. According to the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, there's an ongoing investigation into the death of the child. A spokesperson, Kaylee Bell, said, Our entire agency is very saddened by what Miss Thompson had to experience. We absolutely realize how traumatizing and heartbreaking it is to lose a child, and we are deeply saddened, and we grieve with her in the loss of her child. We're confident that the investigation will be completed in its entirety and it will be given a full review. And if there are any concerns, it will be addressed. Civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump tweeted his support of Thompson, writing Erica Thompson gave birth alone in an Alachua County jail cell after staff members ignored her screams for help. By the time EMS arrived, it was too late. And unfortunately, her daughter later died at the hospital. This tragedy should have never happened. Adam Christensen, a Florida candidate for the House of Representatives, penned a thread on the story on Twitter where he up, up, opined. Opinionated, like opinion. Mm-hmm. His opinion. One, um, arresting an extremely pregnant woman and putting her in jail because she is poor, couldn't afford bail, shows the extreme rot of the system. Absolutely. Two, the only way that this could happen is if staff at the jail are untrained and do not consider their inmates to be human. 100%. It's terrible. I'm so hurt, Thompson said, and just still in disbelief that I had to have my child in jail in a bunk all by myself. Uh, They've created a GoFundMe account uh, by Florida Prisoner Solidarity, has established it for her and to go to um, her family. She said, nothing can make up for my baby Ava being murdered by neglect and abuse at the Alachua County Jail. It reads, but heaven needs our support right now. The baby's name is Heaven. Oh, they named her heaven. Yeah. The organizer seeks donations to pay for Thompson's food, transportation, and postpartum care while the community wraps her arms around heaven and holds her tight while she tries to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritual from this loss. That's terrible. It also goes to show you, like, okay, for for starters, really, we're putting a six, we're putting a visibly pregnant. I would assume that she's, you could tell, and she would probably tell you when you first. Take for her. a violation of a traffic yes. charge, an appearance for a traffic charge. Yeah, that's insane. And then this have to be the end result of that is fucking wild. Wild. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, and where is Alachua County? Alachua County? I'm not sure. Is that like, is that like um Palm Beach? Close to there, like. I think it's further. Up north. By Gainesville. Oh, yeah. It's pretty north up there. Yeah. 
that's well that sucks and and then uh this is another story that uh happened in the florida keys 1.3 million worth of cocaine washes ashore in florida keys what yeah uh-huh. that's but a lot i saw the picture of it it is a lot <sighs> But it just washes up on shore. That's insane. A good Samaritan (laughs) notified authorities over the weekend after stumbling upon a whopping 65 pounds of cocaine that had had washed up along the shoreline in the Florida Keys. And that's just the ones that washed up. Who knows? Which one? More out there. The U.S. Border Patrol seized the drugs, which they said were bundled up in a black package and are worth a total of about $1.3 million. Authorities did not disclose where in the keys the drugs were found. And the good Samaritan said that afterwards he felt stupid. He probably took a break. (laughs) He took a break. I'll I'll just take one break. Maybe two. (laughs) Can you imagine if he turned all of it in and they were like, hey, all right, thanks, buddy. And he was just like, "Uh, am I going to get anything? And they're like, (laughs) no, thanks. Thanks. Pat on the back. Good Samaritan. That's what we get. You get in the paper. (laughs) We're going to put you in the paper as good Samaritan. Just like contraband like this just washes up. We did a story like this, I think, like in our first season, something similar to this. Where just like pounds of cocaine and weed washed up on shore or some shit. Yeah. I think we might have made a joke where we're like, they want to build a wall, but we're getting drugs in through the ocean. <laughs> like, come on, bro. What are you going to build a wall in the ocean? Give me a break. It's still getting here, guys. Yeah. And, you the know, keys have you seen where it's at, baby? <laughs> cocaine Cowboys? No. It's, uh, it's good. I haven't seen it. I heard it. a lot of good My things. dad told me to watch it. said it was good. It's basically about how Miami is built on cocaine money. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Look at all those like high, those high rise apartments culture, over there. The cocaine culture here in the eighties. Oh, Miami! Welcome to Miami. Thank you guys you are really lucky. Miami. You guys are really, really lucky. I'm gonna tell you that you guys are way lucky because the next interview is lots of fun. Um, so Jenny Joslin is a Louisiana cannabis advocate. She's also a New Yorker. And she's a ride or die supporter to women. She's also, I love that she loves Moira Rose. Yeah. She identifies with Moira Rose and uh, weird Al Yankovic wannabe who believes therapy is one of the most important investments you can make. She is the co-founder of High Her Story. It's a media brand creating space for women and femmes who love weed, including the High Her Story TV series where women get high and tell stories about women from history. So we were saying how awesome um, uh, High Her Story is and how much we were enjoying the episodes. And we asked, uh, how'd you guys come up with the idea and how do you come up with uh, how, what women you're going to do stories on? Definitely. So we came up with the idea for the High Her Story series, which is basically female identifying cannabis consumers, telling a story from women's history, and then we recreate it. Yes, it's a little bit like drunk history, but we really wanted to reclaim that narrative because we were hanging out, best friends, watching Drunk History. And we thought, we were smoking weed. Why the hell are we celebrating this alcohol consumption? Why is it so funny that these guys are just getting shit-faced? Am I allowed to say curse words on here? Yes. Yeah. You can beep it out. Fuck yeah. Okay, I'm allowed. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but why are these guys just getting so drunk and just being nasty and gross? And, and they look sad. And it's just, it's not like, it's funny. Yes, it's a great show. But at the same time, it's like, 
I like listening to people that are high tell stories. It's weirder. It's not as obtuse. It goes in these trippier directions. And we also said, why the hell is this all about men? And they've done a lot better since. This was like 2017 when this happened. Mm -hmm. So we... We have to give them credit. They have told a lot more women's history stories. But we thought, you know what? We want to reclaim this narrative. And we originally came up with this idea. We pitched it to a few major networks that were interested, but then ultimately decided that showing women consuming cannabis on camera was a little bit too risky for them. What? And they didn't know if people would be into it. Yeah. This is 2017. This is also around the time when people were asking me if I cared about my reputation, mm -hmm. um, knowing that I was connected to weed and that I smoked weed and talking about like smoking weed on camera. People were like, are you sure you want to do that? And, you know, I think we all still struggle with coming forward about it because 100%. there is so much stigma. But we thought, you know what, this is even more important that we do it on our own and really show this now more than ever. So we really came at it with the idea that we wanted to just represent female cannabis consumers in all of their glory. And we didn't really see that being portrayed in the media. So we just got a bunch of our actor friends together and we knew that they all had had some relationship with cannabis. They'd all smoked before. And we just asked them to pick a story. We did a little bit of back checking on their research and we just tried it out as an experiment. And that's what you see um, for season one. And then it took us a minute to get everything together to get funding to do the reenactments. So the reenactments are almost a year after the wow. actual interviews. <laughs> but we, yeah, we got uh, costumes and props and everything together. That's the most difficult part, actually, is compiling all of that because you have people say really weird stuff. And you have to somehow <laughs> make it work. You have to yes and. You can't just deny the reality that they've created for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why we're going to be a little bit more intentional with some of the stuff that we were going to guide the story a little bit more when we do future seasons. But we also had animation that we incorporated. So yes. if there was anything that needed a particular little flourish or a flair, we had some animated moments in the show. We're going to expand on that in season two. Season one was very much an experiment. Um, we could have made the episodes so much longer, but we decided to make them shorter and more bite-sized for um, a, lot of, a lot of it for cost reasons um, as well. But yeah, we did it. Let me ask it's you this. There. It's also more consumable that way when it's short. I yeah, feel like a um, lot of people like that. They like, yeah. like those short little. Yeah, especially like, I got like, really shitty attention span. So if my attention's <laughs> not captured within the first 30 seconds of something, you know, but yeah, I, I kind of wanted to ask you. So, okay. So you guys, all right. So you guys <clears throat> do research or you pick a person, do research so that you know where the story's going and whatever. But are you saying, are you telling me that the person telling the story, even though, yeah, you know, you do your research ahead of time, they're still impro impro improvising in the moment when you're capturing, yeah. when you're recording. So what you're saying is ultimately will you guys kind of listen, I, I think they let them tell the story and they just fact check their story. Right? Well, but no, they have to do research first. They well, can't yeah, just definitely. know the, the something off the top of their narrator does their, their own minds. research. Right. The narrator does their own research. Right. But then. Am I wrong? Sorry. Yeah, the right. Yeah, the the narrator does their own research, but we work with them to just make sure that it's accurate right. and that 
you know, they're not just getting something off of the internet. That's just some garbage, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. We want it to be accurate. We, we love women. We want to tell their stories accurately and they've been left out of the historical dialogue enough. So I want to try to get it as right as we can, even if it's a silly show about weed. And it's so it's funny true. how it's some really random facts they know about these women. I'm like, how do they find that out? That's so cool. I think, but I think those are the things that work the most. I yeah. think that especially yeah. for, from a stoner's perspective, I think it's the little nuances that really capture our attention more than anything. Definitely. It's really funny the things that people would fixate on. Like Iman, um, who told the story of Stagecoach Mary, she just could not stop talking about these chickens. Like she found out <laughs> in one area of research that Stagecoach Mary, who was the first like U.S. postal, African-American U.S. postal worker, who was this woman that was known to like any form of weather, she would just get the mail delivered back in the Wild West. And Iman like read one time that she had a lot of chickens or that she raised chickens and she just like couldn't stop talking about the chicken. <laughs> and she just, she just went into this whole like state where she was like, did she get tired of chicken? Like she was putting herself in her shoes and it was just a whole such a strange story. moment, but it worked. <laughs> She wrote a whole backstory for her. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you choose Josephine Baker? I loved everything about Josephine Baker. Um, I am obsessed with the fact that she was a spy. Yes, I that just was think so it's cool. the most fabulous. Thing. I would want to be a spy. I wish <laughs> I could be a spy. And I can't now because I'm talking about it publicly and everyone will know that I'm a spy. But I just think it's so cool that she was able to just get She's under the radar by being a celebrity. It's just so funny. That's funny. Um, so what are, for, for your next season, so what are you thinking you're going to like be more, you're going to write a script more so you think? We're not going to write a script, but we're definitely going to have some more beats to keep people on track because what ended up happening is that people got so high that it just, it was great, but it also just, I think, will be even more sustainable if we're able to just have people just kind of be able to cover some structure and then yeah. go off in the weird directions. Like, gotcha. we're going to utilize, we're going to not get them as high from the start. <laughs> have you guys ever had that happen to you where you just get so high that you can't tell? a story when you're doing takes again yes. and again and again and again people that I have smoked with since college that are can smoke me under the table were like high history was the highest I have ever been like I don't even know what I said <laughs> because we had edibles for them we did this little whole like little tray with all the stuff for them they had edibles and they had tinctures and they had joints and we didn't really limit it we just let people go to town and I think they got really excited and they just like kept eating cookies and it's like a charcuterie it, board of of Oh Weed. my god, that's like oh, yes. that's like a fantasize <laughs> about a charcuterie board of weed. Are you kidding me? Like having a wedding or having a big party and having like a table full of like weed shit you can eat. Oh my god, it's like a dream come true. It's a dream. How it's do you select dream. your actors that are going to be narrators? Are these all people that you you know, or do you put like ads out or anything like that, or do you select from the public? These were people that we knew for season one, but for season two, we're going to be opening it up to women in the cannabis industry and anyone who is a person that likes to smoke weed and be on camera. Um, actually, you guys should totally be on it. And, you, do it. you know, Sunny D, I know you have you a theater background. Yes, she can even... Like being an actor in it. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not an actor. I'm not, I don't like being in front of a camera. You like being in front of a camera. She's done a bunch of like short films with her own theater. I, but I was going to ask you this though. Yeah. You said that they're, they're getting too high. 
I don't like, I feel like when you drink alcohol, you can get fucking hammered. Right. As you, we could see on drunk history, those guys are like, they're even like puking. I mean, it's like, no, I think, which ultimately alcohol, I think is way worse than weed. I think for some, some parts you kind of have to act a little stoned because you, because you cannot get, I mean, even if you get crazy stoned, it, you are what way more, you have a high tolerance, you have, so you don't show it as much. I get, maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it. I would have to, I don't know. I've never, like, I have gotten stoned to the point where like my brain's just like, ugh. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's not the same, like at all. Like you, I could smoke for a while, and I don't know. I could get pretty high and not. I've done it before on the podcast where I like I, I and I can't even think about any more questions or form a thought. Sometimes a full like I I can I it's in my head, but I'm having trouble like saying it. Right. I've had and that. then and then your whole system. I like, say it wrong. It. Like I. Say- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get into the state where I just like can't stop giggling. And I'm like nonsensical and that's like good for a minute, but like, you know, you want to sometimes be able to articulate some stuff without the giggles. <laughs> Shit. I would, I'd like, I'd like a, some of the giggles right now, to be honest. I, I think know. we could all use a giggle fit right about fucking now. God damn. Oh man. Yeah. Some of that serotonin. <laughs> Wait, so was all this done in New York? All the um, filming and. It- it was done. It, it was done in a um, everywhere, probably everywhere. <laughs> anywhere you everywhere, could, anywhere yeah. you could do it. Yeah, there. everywhere we could do it. That's what I'll say. <laughs> well, and what? So what? So are you? Uh, how, how long have you been doing theater? What is your acting background like? How did you get into this? I've been a theater kid since I was a wee one, and I actually met my co-founders in college. We were theater majors together at Texas State University, and we were waiting tables at this Chinese restaurant where the norm was to go out in the side of the restaurant and smoke a joint before you serve up the buffet. And we all kind of bonded over cannabis, and that was the the beginning. And we really ended up using it as a tool to deal with depression and anxiety and PTSD. And it really was just such a beautiful tool. And um, yeah, we we would make films and we would make make all kinds of stuff. And then when we all happened to be in New York at the same time we thought let's take all this theater kid stuff and and start incorporating it into the cannabis world because we're just not seeing the kind of representations of women that we know to consume cannabis in the media. There's so many stereotypes about you're lazy or you're unproductive. And we all know that's not true. Yeah. If anything, look at Snoop Dogg. He never stops working. Are you kidding me? All that guy does is smoke weed and work. What is he not in? Yes. He's so successful. Yeah, there's a lot of highly successful stoners, and I just pun intended. Yeah, I, uh-huh, pun intended. <laughs> and I just feel like, I mean, how loud do we have to get? Like, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what. I don't know. I mean, yes, it, this is something that people have. It's a stigma that has been embedded in everybody's minds. So yes, we do have yeah. to give people room and enough space to like adapt. 
We were talking yeah. about this on but, our live the other day, actually, that there's not enough woman representation in the cannabis. Like we were talking about, for example, cannabis. stoner movies. Right, stoner movies. Yeah. How many? How many stoner movies is is, is female centered? None. We, we we couldn't think of one. We could we think found of movies. One. We could think of movies where there's like a scene where women, you know, get stoned, but never like yeah. uh, a stoner comedy that revolves around like weed. No. It's usually always no, involved in alcohol. One. Stupid. Not alcohol. one. Nope. Nope. No, nothing. Yeah. It drives me crazy. But, hey, I, I what love are we doing? Express, <laughs> but I'm like, I would like to see the female Pineapple Express personally. I know that some people have come out and said publicly that they actresses and stuff that have been in um, like high maintenance have said, we don't need that. Can we just have it be a normalization? We don't need to like show it. But I kind of want that because I love female. I love female comedy. I love like movies where groups of women get together and they do bad things. Yes. And, like, are, Are you know, kidding me? Bridesmaid, bad uh, moms, bad moms. Uh, what about, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of the ghostbusters, the new female remake. I think it was yes, phenomenal. I love it too. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Yes. Same. Like we were it got a saying, lot of hate, but working, I thought it was great. Working moms was an example. Working we moms, a show yeah, funny. and like, They've had maybe a couple of scenes where, where they've been a joint, but it's like but always moms in Canada. You mean to tell me not one of them I is know, a pothead? It's like, not one of them is a daily cannabis user. Yeah. Come on, how come Please. you don't have that character? How come that's not in there? That's the only thing. We need yeah, more. man. I know we do totally. What do you yeah, think of? What do you think of? Of people who are, well, not, I mean, people, because women do it too. I feel like sometimes women get stuck in societal norms. And so they feel like they have to act a certain way to kind of fit in. So they won't like challenge the norm, but like doing stand up comedy, you get a lot of like, women aren't funny and that fucking bullshit and shit fuckery. Like, how do you, what do you think about that? What do you say to someone who just says like, women aren't funny? Um, to go and fuck themselves because <laughs> that is so not true. How can you say that when there's so many incredible female comedians? There's freaking, I mean, looks Lucille Ball, like Wanda Sykes, like Chelsea Handler, like there's so many funny women. I I am so tired of of people thinking that that's that that's even part of the narrative. But you see it because women don't get as many opportunities in in film and television in the comedy sector. And I feel like that's changing a lot. There's been a lot of really positive progress in that direction, but it's still not equal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think there is some, like, I'm, I'm glad that there's been as many revelations as there has been in the past few years. It's really emboldened women to like finally put their foot down and say like, fuck this shit. Like we were tired of this yeah. crap that you, you guys got, you know, going on. So I know, like, I just love want. watching women lead TV shows. Like I, I'm just so glad that there's more and more representation because you just get tired of just seeing like white men doing the same thing again and again and again. And we want to see other women like in all aspects, you know? I know. I think we finally realized how powerful we are. And then now we're finally getting the cojones to like, just, you know, say fuck everybody 
Yeah. Where, haters are going to be around regardless, whether I conform to whatever the fuck standard you want me to conform to or not. You're still going to hate regardless. So I might as well fucking do the shit and get it done. Yeah. That's why I really enjoy uh, your show because you, you tell a woman's story, but it's always like an obscure woman in history that no one's like heard too much about, but what they did in their moment had a big impact, you know, and even, even if it wasn't a huge impact, everyone's story has something to contribute. But I thought, I thought that was, I I've never heard of stagecoach Mary before. That was, her story was great. Yeah. She's a really obscure character and a strange choice. I love that Iman chose her because she is so random. And then I think my favorite episode though, was Lucy Hicks Anderson who was the first transgender person yes. to defend themselves in court before transgender she married was two, that term. Was two, she married two men and no one ever yeah. questioned it. That was a really yeah. interesting story. Until the army made her get checked for gonorrhea because she owned a brothel. She was a super successful businesswoman. And then they found out and they took her to court and she got put in jail. And her husband was in the army and they took away all of her pension. She got ran out of town it was, it's just an insane story. It would make an incredible film. Definitely. I'd, I'd never heard the story before. Me either. Or the mermaid lady. What was that one? Annette? I don't know. Oh yeah. Annette Keller. Yeah. Annette Keller. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. Women. It's just so ridiculous. Like a few hundred like, years ago, hundred years braces. ago, we weren't allowed to wear bathing suits. We had to wear things that could drown us if we were swimming. <laughs> What the actual hell? You know, I can't wait for the day where we're like, oh my God, 20 years ago, they they wanted to control whether or not we could have an abortion. Can you believe that? (laughs) I cannot wait till we're like, these, finally, these fuckers don't have any control over any of this or any say. That's where I want to be. I can't wait for that day. And I I just, it feels like we're in the dark ages right it, now. It, it does. We've gone it back. really We've does. We've gone back in time. Like- it does. And it keeps getting worse. It keeps like, yeah, yes. Like, can we just put all those people in a time machine? All the people that want to control our uterus and just send them back into the 50s where they want to go. And then we can all just be here in the present moment. Like, what? I just what is that? listen, if if men had to have children, there would be abortion clinics like there are <laughs> McDonald's. OK, yep. there'd be one. Yep. There'd be drive through abortion clinics. And please no uh, p- argue that somebody please argue that because please. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it's so messed up. It's so terrible that they're sponsoring like their state sponsored Viagra. But. It, it's like they have issues with like abortion or and plan B pills, any of that. Yep. So when you, what did you, okay. So what have you, what have you noticed in the can now that we're in the cannabis industry, because ultimately we've talked to other people in the cannabis industry who are like, yes, come the cannabis industry is booming. Do whatever you do, but add weed to it. Right. So here we are, we're doing, you know, theater telling stories and we're incorporating it and bringing it into the weed. Since you've been in this community, what, what have you realize what have you recognized what have you learned anything well it's interesting because i came into the cannabis industry from new york where there's such an incredible community 
around weed, but it's not really in the forefront. But we found all of these great opportunities to create branded content with our production company in the cannabis space, totally legally, and that served a purpose that was able to put New York cannabis culture at the forefront. Um, we were making uh, branded content videos and we made a, a really cute commercial for My Bud Vase, um, the bong company that was a musical number and we filmed it all in New York and it didn't have consumption. Um, just a little bit, but we use CBD, so it's all good. <laughs> but what I really, what really drew me to the cannabis industry, and the more and more I learned about it, was the fact that women were really leading the way. And um, I, I just got so inspired by the fact that women only make up twenty five percent of C suite positions in the U.S., <laughs> but in the cannabis industry, they make up. 38 in 2020. So even though we have a really long way to go and we need people that are women and we need people of color to be in executive positions, we still have more female leadership than most industries. Um, we still have a long way to go. Unfortunately, only 90, 92% of CEOs in the cannabis space are men. 92%. And I'm getting these statistics from this incredible research paper from ArcView and the National Cannabis Industry Association. I don't know if you guys have read it, but they did a study on gender parity in the industry that I really recommend checking out for anybody who's interested. And they have a whole women's empowerment network that you can join. And um, I just am very impressed with all the information that they've compiled because it, it really is very motivating because as we know, you guys have probably experienced this. I feel like I'm learning something new about the cannabis industry every day. I feel like it's constantly changing just when I think I have a grasp on it. So many things are changing and so many regulations are shifting. And I think that this research is just really motivating for any woman who's interested in getting into the industry or any woman who's like, why the hell should I put up with this? This is a lot of work. This is hard. Um, we need you. We need women. We need people of color at the forefront to make policy and to push for change and to just be there as representation. Yeah, especially because of the history of cannabis and <clears throat> and what it was essentially, you know, what the legalization was essentially used for back in the day. I honestly, it's yeah, it kind of, it really does suck to see like a lot of rich white guys continuing to hold all of that power well, and then, in the industry. yeah, and then keep, you know. It's yeah, just the grass ceiling, it's very much real. And you're right, the history is such a big thing. It's still, it's so frustrating that there are still so many people in jail and so many people whose lives have been ruined. And now there's some of the same people who were implementing some of these policies and speaking out and had whole media campaigns and the war on drugs around disinformation around cannabis. And that was ruining people's lives or some of the same people that are now in the industry. And we're so happy that they're there. It's great, but it really, I'm so happy that organizations like Canaclusive exist to really hold the industry accountable and to really put that at the forefront of the conversation because it's it's got to change. We we have so much work to do. 
And you can catch this series at www.highherstory.com. Or you can get her them on uh, Instagram at HiHerStory or uh, her personals at Jenny Joslin. That was a lot of fun to talk to oh her. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Even though we're, like, in our fields that night, we're all, like. I know. Hey. We were, like, wah, but wah. It was really much, much better night by the end of the conversation. Exactly. It was nice. Exactly. And the social club tv is also available through like apps. roku like you can get it or roku fire stick or a smart tv i think you and they have a lot of weed store. stuff on there yeah yeah so check that out hey we are so thankful that you listen to our podcast um we hope you enjoy it we love hearing from you hit us up if you have a chance and thank you to all of our sponsors um uh, patrons Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hadsel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Terry Grimsley, Shelby Gleckler, Denise Caceres, and Liza. Thank you, guys. We love you. We had lots of fun at our patron Zoom sesh. If you want to join in on the fun, become a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, full uncut versions of our interviews, and we have Zoom smoke sessions. So yeah. drop on over into Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, remind you that Instagram live Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Come say hello. Come, say Come hello. hang out with us. And talk to us about the show if you want. Put your kids Or to just bed talk to us about pizza. Come smoke with us. <laughs> Frozen pizza. <laughs> Please subscribe, rate, review, and share our content. We adore you guys. Potsmokingmoms.com is a website. Tell everybody! Bye!
Here's our interview. We hope you enjoy it with Jenny Joslin. <laughs> 